Chapter Ten of Aunt Jane's Nieces in Society. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Aunt Jane's Nieces in Society by L. Frank Baum. Chapter Ten. Misled. Arthur Weldon met Mershone at a club next afternoon. You low scoundrel, he exclaimed. It was your trick to accuse Miss Merrick of a theft last night. Was she accused? inquired the other blandly. I hadn't heard, really. You did it yourself. Dear me, said Mershone, deliberately lighting a cigarette. You or your precious cousin, you're both alike, declared Arthur bitterly. But you have given us wisdom, Mershone. We'll see you don't trick us again. The young man stared at him between puffs of smoke. It occurs to me, Weldon, that you're becoming insolent. It won't do, my boy, unless you guard your tongue. Pah! Resent it if you dare, you coward. Coward? Yes. A man who attacks an innocent girl is a coward, and you've been a coward all your life, Mershone, for one reason or another. No one believes in your pretended reform, but I want to warn you to keep away from Miss Merrick hereafter, or I'll take a hand in your punishment myself. For a moment the two eyed one another savagely. They were equally matched in physique, but Arthur was right. There was no fight in Mershone, that is, of the knockdown order. He would fight in his own way, doubtless, and this made him more dangerous than his antagonist supposed. "'What right have you, sir, to speak for Miss Merrick?' he demanded. "'The best right in the world,' replied Arthur. "'She is my promised wife.' "'Indeed? Since when?' "'That is none of your affair, Mershone. "'As a matter of fact, however, that little excitement you created last night "'resulted in a perfect understanding between us.' "'I created?' you of course miss merrick does not care to meet you again you will do well to avoid her in the future i don't believe you weldon you're bluffing am i then dare to annoy miss merrick again and i'll soon convince you of my sincerity with his parting shot he walked away leaving mershone really at a loss to know whether he was in earnest or not to solve the question he called a taxicab and in a few minutes gave his card to the merrick butler with a request to see miss louise the man returned with a message that Miss Merrick was engaged. "'Please tell her it's important,' insisted Mershone. Again the butler departed and soon returned. "'Any message for Miss Merrick must be conveyed in writing, sir,' he said. "'She declines to see you.' Mershone went away, white with anger. We may credit him with loving Louise as intensely as a man of his calibre can love anyone. His sudden dismissal astounded him and made him frantic with disappointment louise's treatment of the past few days might have warned him but he had no intuition of the immediate catastrophe that had overtaken him it wasn't his self-pride that was injured that had become so battered there was little of it left but he had set his whole heart on winning this girl and felt that he could not give her up anger toward weldon was prominent amongst his emotion he declared between his set teeth that if Louise was lost to him, she should never marry Weldon. Not on Diana's account, but for his own vengeful satisfaction, was this resolve made. He rode straight to his cousin and told her the news. 
the statement that arthur was engaged to marry louise merrick drove her to a wild anger no less powerful because she restrained any appearance of it surveying her cousin steadily through her veiled lashes she asked is there no way we can prevent this thing mershone stalked up and down before her like a caged beast his eyes were red and wicked his lips were pressed tightly together diana said he i've never wanted anything in this world as i want that girl i can't let that molly cuddle marry her she flushed and then frowned it was not pleasant to hear the man of her choice spoken of with such contempt but after all their disappointment and desires were alike mutual and she could not break with charlie at this juncture suddenly he paused and asked do you still own that country home near east orange yes but we never occupy it now father does not care for the place is it deserted practically so madame cerise is there in charge old cerise i was going to ask you what had become of that clever female she was too clever charlie she knew too much of our affairs and was always prying into things that did not concern her so father took an antipathy to the poor creature and because she had served our family for so long sent her to care for the house at east orange pensioned her eh well this is good news di perhaps the best news in the world i believe it will help clear up the situation old cerise and i always understood each other will you explain asked diana coldly i think not my fair cousin i prefer to keep my own counsel you made a bad mess of that little deal last night and are responsible for the climax that faces us besides a woman is never a good conspirator i know what you want and i know what i want so i'll work this plan alone if you please and i'll win die i'll win as sure as fate if you'll help me you ask me to help you and remain in the dark yes it's better so write me a note to cerise and tell her to place the house and herself unreservedly at my disposal she stared at him fixedly and he returned the look with an evil smile so they sat in silence a moment then slowly she arose and moved to her escritoire drawing a sheet of paper toward her and beginning to write is there a telephone at the place inquired mershone abruptly yes then telephone cerise after i'm gone that will make it doubly sure and give me the number too so i can jot it down i may need it diana quietly tore up the note the telephone is better she said being in the dark sir i prefer not to commit myself in writing you're quite right di he exclaimed admiringly but for heaven's sake don't forget to telephone madame cerise i won't charlie and see here keep your precious plans to yourself now and always i intend to know nothing of what you do i'm merely the cat's paw eh well never mind is old cerise to be depended upon do you think why not replied the girl cerise belongs to the von Taires, body and soul End of chapter 10